Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. For more in-depth perspectives and interesting stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at tvo.org slash daily. Municipalities across Ontario each have big plans for this year. Those mostly came to a screeching halt when it turned out that 2020 had different plans for everyone in the form of a global pandemic. What's it like to turn on a dime and lead at the local level during such a crisis? Let's find out. Joining us now in the town of La Salle, Ontario, which neighbours Windsor in the southwestern part of the province, Mayor Mark Bondi. In Stratford, Mayor Dan Matheson. And in Burlington, Mayor Marion Mead Ward. Welcome to you all. Great to be here. We we appreciate your time. Um, What's been the most challenging part of your job in leading your communities during a pandemic? Mayor Bondi, I'd like to start with you. I would say the most challenging is you're putting out news releases, putting out information, and then they're trying to ask you questions in relation to what you put out. And for them, we're 33,000 population roughly, so for them to get to you, email, cell phone, um, they have all ways of access. And I think that's the hardest part is when you put out any information and they have questions in relation to what you put out, Mm -hmm. it's not a simple yes or no. So that, that... a lot of questions do come forward. So the challenge has been how do you meet the mass of people? And that's been social media. Yet then they start conversing on social media about the statement, which was they've taken the wrong way. So to correct that is is uh, challenging. Mayor Matheson, what is, what's been the most challenging part of doing your job during this pandemic? Well, first of all, the communication has been the challenge. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it comes with uh, pivoting on a regular basis. Some of the things that we had originally thought that we could do or not do uh, changed on the hour in the first couple of weeks. Uh, and then as we settled into some type of cadence, uh, communication became a challenge because people were thirsty for information on the hour that they got in the initial few weeks, and they weren't comfortable waiting two and three days and four days uh, for government to make a decision. And then I think what's happened now is we got into we got into fatigue for a while and people really got antsy to get out and about. And now that we've been in phase three for almost four weeks, if not a little longer, we have people now forgetting that some of the things that got them to phase three, such as social distancing. So we're redoubling our efforts to try to continue to emphasize the need for vigilance around uh, social and distancing, uh, hygiene and, of course, social bubbles uh, as such. And Mayor Mead Ward, uh, what about you? Well, there's no manual for governing in an unprecedented global pandemic. You know, the last time we saw this was 75 years ago, and uh, I I doubt any of us were around back then. So, you know, you have to, uh, one thing that I did learn, and I'm grateful to the staff at the city and our residents, is that it's more important to act quickly than to get it right. Uh, if you're erring on the side of caution. And so we've we've made, I, I can tell you, I've made a number of uh, mistakes in, in the pandemic, but we pivot. We say, well, that's not where we wanted to go. Uh, now we know that, uh, changing, moving on and admitting that to the community. And that has, I think, built a lot of trust with the community where we've said, we're gonna act really quickly based on what we think the best response is to keep people healthy and to date, Burlington is the lowest per capita in the entire uh, Golden Horseshoe region. So 
Uh, so it's good news for our community. Well, job well done to you, Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I, you. If I could, if I could just follow up, I think of one of the things that Marianne said was really important is that people are expecting us to make decisions and they're not expecting perfection. And I think what mm-hmm. is, it's allowed us to do, because we, like everybody, had a pandemic plan in our in our emergency control uh, strategy. But this, this, uh, what's happened, not much was covered in that. Mm. And it's allowed us to make decisions yep. we never would have made before. And it's allowed us to change the way we deliver government that we never could have got through any other way because people wouldn't have been willing to try these things that today they're, they're willing to do differently. That's interesting. So you think there's been a bit of a, a silver lining to this whole thing? Absolutely. A crisis do. is a terrible thing to waste. Mm-hmm. Well, the economic fallout from this pandemic has been massive. And one of the challenges you've all faced when it comes to managing your budgets during the pandemic is that you're not allowed to run deficits. And the pandemic has probably brought up new expenses as well. What are the biggest fiscal challenges faced by your municipalities and how are each of you dealing with it, uh, Mayor Bondi? From a financial impact, we still don't know the total bottom line, but we have to throw a shout out to Premier Ford. He was down in Windsor area and the seven local mayors, as well as Drew Dilkins, met with him on Thursday. Mm-hmm. He and ironically enough, we announced he announced some social packages that will be coming to each municipality, which will help us out. Now, at the end of the year, and we're not there yet, obviously, we're going to have to see how we made out. But uh, we're now stage three, a little later than the other municipalities. But we're moving forward. Rebrinas are opening. That's a, a revenue generator for us. So we're okay we're coping with it it's just um when you're in a crisis situation that you haven't seen mm-hmm. as mayor Reed board stated 75 years ago i definitely wasn't here so it, it's something <laughs> that uh, we take our time try to make the right decision it's not always the popular decision but it's the right decision and mayor Mead ward what about you well costs are up and revenues down and that's the worst possible picture you can be in. So we uh, we added more transit service to allow people to be safely separate from each other. And we made transit free, so we had no revenue coming in. And that was done for purely for public health and safety. We canceled our uh, spring programming. We're now start, we now have summer programming and fall programming, but we our numbers are very, very limited. We have roughly 500 or so kids uh, enrolled in our summer programming because of the limits on the numbers of participants and the cohorts, we would get upwards of 2,000 before. So we're running uh, and we have to put more staff on. We have to do additional cleaning. Uh, We have to provide uh, personal protective equipment. So we're close to a million dollars now in our COVID expenses budget that are just uh, related to COVID. By the end of the year, if everything were to go back to normal uh, in September, which it won't, we're $8 million revenue uh, in the hole. And for us, that would represent, if we had to cover that entirely through the tax base, that's about a 6% tax increase in one year. So obviously untenable. Uh, But we also have reduced facility fee rentals. We just did that. We've increased our Uh, subsidies to individuals taking programs through the city because we know our residents are hurting. We've enhanced some funding for local businesses as well. So we're we're doing more for the community with the money that we have, uh, but we are also in that deficit. Well, not a deficit, but we'll have to, uh, we're, we're very grateful actually for the money from the province. It will help us a lot. Mayor Matheson, what about you? 
Well, similar to all the other challenges, Stratford is, of course, a tourism destination. And not having the Stratford Festival this season represents 1.5 million visitors to our community that won't come. Uh, the theatre generates $140 million of GDP for our local economy. So not having them here, not having the visitors here, and having the flow out to other businesses, coupled with, much like Marianne had said, the increase in bus service with no revenue, the increase in costs for cleaning, all those things have left us with a similar 6% shortfall in revenue for the year. And with the money we received last week from the province, it'll take a large dent out of it, but we're still going to be short. Here in Stratford, we laid off a number of uh, full-time workers for a period of up to 60 days early on. Our management team all took an across-the-board uh, pay cut, as did council, and we have used various ways like that to try to find a way to, sh to shorten the gap in our, in our fiscal challenge, and we are getting there. Uh, our our long-term concern is, so what does 2021 finish like and what does 2022 look like? I'm going to bring up something that's a, a bit controversial, but I can't pass up this opportunity when I have all of you here. Um, should you be allowed to run deficits, considering it is an unprecedented event? Mayor Ward? Uh, actually, no. Uh, we, we at the municipal level are not looking to run deficits. And I sit around the table with the Ontario big city mayors, which is municipalities over 100,000. And we were united in sending that message to the province that that was not one of the tools that we were looking for. It, it has to be paid back at some point. And so we, uh, like every municipality, we uh, we build up our reserves for a rainy day. And I say uh, COVID is the uh, the rainy day of all rainy days. Mm -hmm. uh, but even with that, we we were trying to look at getting our 8 million uh, down to roughly 4 million through the use of reserves. But that really leaves you vulnerable. So we can't deplete those reserves. And that's a good way for municipalities to fund. So it's like a savings account as opposed to running a deficit. We do collect in our base budget every year money that goes into winter control or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, our parking fund, transit fund, uh, infrastructure funds so that we can be prepared. But this, uh, this pandemic has really it really threatens to wipe it all out without the assistance that we've received from the province so uh, deficits no but proper municipal financing going forward uh, yes and uh, mayor uh, Bondi what about you I, I would agree we, yeah. we don't, uh, I don't I wouldn't allow deficits if we could vote on it and we plan for the future and our reserves are healthy um, we've always been that way we plan for tomorrow but we don't want to pay tomorrow so we we do a um, balanced approach where we're not going to let our future generations pay for the debt today. And it's easy for us to pay for things and then pay it later. But that's that's not what, how we've planned. So luckily, we're um, we're a community that's um, one of the high, highest per capita municipalities in Ontario. Um, the growth here is second to none, I believe, in Ontario. So we have a healthy budget and I don't want to go into a deficit if we don't have to, and I would vote against it if that ever came to a vote. Okay, and Mayor Matheson? Well, I, I agree with both what's been said by Mark and Mary Ann, but I want to add a reason why. Mm -hmm. uh, the provincial and federal levels of government have their uh, taxation powers tied to growth in the economy, and uh, municipalities do not. And I think to have uh, debt put down to the municipal level that can be erased when economic recovery starts is wrong and it should go to the federal and provincial levels if need be the transfer of the seven billion dollars we just saw 
uh, from the federal government to the province and the subsequent transfer to municipalities has a great way to handle this. And as long as they're in sync with where our costs are, and in this case, they were with social services, general operation of government, and transit is the main, major three expenses, along with public health. I think it reflects that they are aware of where the costs are and they are funding us in the right areas. And um, I want to... Go ahead. If I can just jump in there for, for a minute, uh, the analysis has shown that municipalities get nine cents roughly on the dollar for all the taxes collected, and yet we're on the front lines of delivering essential services, and we've really seen that through COVID-19, that we are the ones that are actually tasked with keeping our public uh, healthy and safe. And so one of the silver linings that uh, I think Mayor Matheson talked about earlier is uh, we we need to negotiate a new relationship with the federal and provincial government and get more of that nine, more than nine cents on the dollar for our uh, for our cities because we we are the closest level of government to the people and uh, certainly now we're seeing that we're delivering the essential services that they need. Windsor-Essex County was the last region in the province to enter stage three. As a border town, you've had unique cha- uh, challenges. What would you say has been the most difficult for your town? For our town specifically, um, we were, I think in the last two months, we didn't have any new cases. So our municipality in and of itself was fine. But when you look at Leamington and Kingsville with the agri-farm workers, uh, I feel for them. Uh, They came here, they didn't have the disease, and they were infected after they came. So that that was a tough situation. And and, uh, I think Hilda McDonald and um, uh, Mayor Santos did a great job in handling that. But being the border, we have a lot of nurses across the border on a daily basis. And that was unique, and we were getting some complaints um, for especially the nurses who were sleeping in trailers in their driveways because they didn't want to bring it to their home. And we were getting complaints about bylaw enforcement. We said, that's not a bylaw we're going to enforce. These people are helping save lives. Yes, it's in another country, but they're still giving of themselves to go there and put themselves in harm's way. So that's about the only minor issue that that came up Uh, other than that. We, we've been very lucky in this municipality. And Mayor Matheson, you mentioned the Stratford Festival. Millions of tourists uh, come into the uh, city, uh, lots of money uh, that you won't be able to see this year. What steps are you taking to protect the arts community, given the huge financial hit that they've taken? So what we've tried to do in this case is to make sure that the business community that has been supportive of the arts uh, stays there. And in other forms, we've continued to offer support through our grant program that the city's had in the past. Uh, So right now in downtown Stratford, we have uh, boardwalks everywhere. We're dining in space. The Stratford Summer Music has gone to a completely free program this this summer. We have uh, looked at supporting our art gallery, our museum. So we've we've taken our grant program and tried to extend it in that way. Mm -hmm. And we're also very much believing that the Stratford Festival Uh, who is working at the federal and provincial level because they generate $65 million of taxation for the two senior levels of government. There's an obligation for them as an international arts organization based in Ontario and Canada to get some support through the federal and provincial government. And we're not talking about Ontario Arts Council or Canadian Council Arts funding. We're talking about recession recovery. There's 3,000 jobs depend on the Stratford Festival, and there's an opportunity for the federal government to give them the $8 million they've asked for. Mm -hmm. And in return, the festival has also said they go out and fundraise the further $12 million to support the organization to get through the pandemic over the next 16 to 24 months. 
And uh, Mayor Meadward, you know, last year, McLean's Magazine named Burlington the best community to live in Canada out of over 400 different communities, which was a big deal for your community. We keep hearing about people grieving. You know, we had uh, young people who were graduating not being able to attend their graduations. Things have changed. Uh, funerals, if you lose a loved one, you're saying goodbye in a different way. For if you're leading a city, do you, how do you navigate that collective grief within the community? Um, because you had lots of plans to build on from what, ha what, you, what happened in the city from last year. Well, th thank you for that reminder. We're still number one in Canada. We still hold the title. <laughs> so, so that's great. But you raise a really, really important point. And we are, I would say for the, about the last month, and this is a challenge for our community, that the mood has been uh, very challenging. And I think that's the effects of being locked up, the uncertain, you know, the early, the early lockdown of the community, the effects of uh, just financial uncertainty that many people face. And we know it's taken a significant toll on the mental health of our community. And I've seen it in the mood. Uh, in the streets and some of the uh, inbox uh, messages, even on social media that I've I've seen uh, people really uh, lash out because they're hurting. And mm. so we we are trying to provide positive uh, experiences and outlets. Uh, certainly, like many municipalities, we offer virtual programming. We had a virtual Canada Day. We're looking at, uh, you know, virtual Remembrance Day cele celebrations or ceremonies. And and we continue, though, to allow people uh, where merited to e express what they need to get things off their chest. So the great the best example of that would be the Solidarity March June 4th. Mm -hmm. We had uh, probably the largest march in the GTA outside of Toronto. There were close to 10,000 young people that took to our streets to call for an end to racism. Uh, and particularly anti-black racism. And uh, the police stood uh, with the movement, we stood with the movement, and that was in the middle of a pandemic. So you wanna talk about controversial, mm. but, um, but people, we had no outbreak after that. And it was an important, you know, it, it's really important when you're in a pandemic, especially to allow those moments and expressions of things that transcend what is happening uh, with the pandemic to say it's still important. In fact, it's extra important because we know in some areas that the pandemic has disproportionately affected women and uh, people of color and, and our uh, black indigenous people of color community. So um, so that was an important thing to embrace and, and just kind of go with it. And, and again, you I think somebody mentioned earlier um, there will be uh, criticism for every decision you make and you just have to step out in, in faith believing that it's the right one. And just to build on what you're saying, Mayor Mead Ward, uh, for Mayor Bondi and Mayor Matheson, what steps have you taken to ensure that the most vulnerable in your communities are taken care of? Uh, Mayor Bondi, please. Um, good point, but we're not really affected by that. Since we're a, a bedroom community, if you will, to the city of Windsor, we're, we're not... We don't really have that vulnerable population, if you will. Um, we have a local policing. We're the only municipality in the county that ha still has local policing, and they're really in tune with what's going on. I speak to the chief weekly. I'm the chair of the police services board, and we don't really have, we haven't any had any instances that I've been made aware of uh, in relation to the vulnerable population. We've extended the food bank. We had the Miracle Day, June 27th, that brought in thousands of pounds. Uh, I think it was around 400,000 pounds of food. So that that has been taken care of. But as far as anything else, we don't really have a, um, 
a vulnerable population other than the needy in for the food bank. And Mayor Matheson, what about you? So what we did is we took a, a couple of the motels that were not being used for theater guests. We made sure that everyone had housing uh, during this period. We also then worked with our seniors and through the United Way and various organizations that volunteered, set up a program to check in on seniors and those with disabilities or in need. We also had people doing grocery pickups and checking in on them. So they would do a safety check on individuals. They'd also pick up their groceries and have them delivered. They would uh, take people to and from appointments where necessary. And we, we really set up a kind of a social safety net in conjunction with our social services. As it relates to vulnerable and mental health issues, we did see a rise of that during the pandemic within our community. The Stratford Police Service has uh, a social worker a mental health worker that rides with them on a regular basis. Well, we did extend the hours for longer periods so those individuals could ride with the officers more often. And they were on the front lines with them triaging the individuals when we arrived at cases to make sure we were getting them the right supports they need so that they didn't fall into the justice system as much as they needed to be dealt with either within the social framework or the health network. School is just around the corner. Um, Mayor uh, Mead Ward, I'd like to start with you. Are you concerned about the potential public health risks this might pose to your municipality? I think we're all concerned, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's Again, it's unprecedented times. And we know the, the, the two most important things that people can do is keep your distance uh, six feet uh, and exercise proper, proper hygiene and wear a mask. You know, that, that's been another very controversial decision uh, that, that we, like most municipalities, have asked people uh, passed a mandatory mask bylaw. And it's, it's not, you know, in the schools going back in, in Halt region, it is, uh, it is there for some cohorts, but not all of them. So the, the, the concern I hear from parents is uh, the class sizes because we have to be able to maintain that physical distancing. And even if, uh, you know, statistically, we've seen that youth are less susceptible and if they do get COVID-19, they're more resilient. They have families, they go home to families. Some of those families are frontline workers. Some of those families are immunocompromised. And so what happens in the school affects all of us, whether or not you have kids in the system. And Mayor uh, Bondi? It is a challenge, and what we're leaning on is the health professionals, what comes down from the province and our local health unit. Um, I've talked to people on the board, and they're saying we're split. 50% of the population have concerns about sending their children to school, and the other 50 will take preventative measures as, as they much as they can, but they are sending their children to school. I have three grandkids, two in school, and uh, they'll they'll be going back to school, and we'll do whatever we can from a safety point of view. But are you worried li- about them going back? Well, I'm concerned as a as a grandfather for sure. But um, knowing the family and the precautions they'll take, and hopefully they'll teach the kids on how do you do social distancing when you're playing at recess and whatnot. But all that might change. It's going to be a, a a difference for the children. But I think from a mental health point, I know my especially my oldest grandson. He needs that. He needs, he's a very social guy. He needs that, his friends and uh, at school. And you can see a change in his behavior from not being in school. So I think hopefully there's no long-term effects, but 20 years from now, we may look back and go, we shoulda, coulda, woulda, but this is um, something that hopefully they don't have to go through again. And Mayor Matheson. 
Well, I, I'm concerned. I after we worked so hard and diligent uh, across the province to keep the numbers low, uh, I believe the social aspect of it and the mental health aspect is important for students. Uh, but I do worry that uh, kids, whether or not they're in this, the classroom or in other spaces, after we've told them to social distance, uh, maybe aren't going to be good at it when they get back into the school. Uh, you and you know, Mayor Mead Ward laid it all out. You have, you have families that have frontline workers. Either the parents can bring it home or the students can take it home to them. I think the first two or three weeks of the school year is going to be very telling for us. And we need to be nimble and ready to react uh, quickly and where necessary to make uh, alternative arrangements uh, quickly. And I think that's really what we need to do. And, and diligence and vigilance have got us this far. And we can't rest on our laurels now because we are, we are opening back up to a very major opportunity here for, for community spread. I think on a personal level and a collective level, there's been lots of lessons for all of us to learn. Um, I wanted to get a little personal. We only have three minutes left, so maybe 45 seconds from each of you. What do you think is the hardest lesson you've learned about city leadership as a result of the challenges presented by the pandemic? Mayor Mead Ward, I'll start with you. Well, I had a pretty thick skin before uh, from 20 some odd years as a journalist, but you need a thicker skin. You can be sure that uh, whatever decision you make about uh, roughly half the, the folks will agree with you and half won't. And as I said, the mood uh, sometimes is is pretty, um, pretty upset out there. And so just keeping your sense of humor, keeping optimism. Uh, but the, the bright side, and I always look on the bright side, is we're all more resilient than we think we are. We can pivot and move much more quickly than we ever thought we could. And I see so many good things coming out of this pandemic for municipalities. So uh, there is a silver lining there. And Mayor Bondi? Um, I agree with the thick skin. The social media can attack because they don't see you. We're not as we're trying to be vocal in as much as we can social distancing, but uh, w when you communicate with the, unless you're doing daily reports and we're a small municipality, they j just think, well, what happened? They're, they're sleeping. And um, when it first started, when you're dealing with news releases from Premier Ford and then uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, we couldn't make decisions until that came out. So we learned that um, our EOC team, Chief Sutton, who's in charge, he, he did a great job. It's, it's a pandemic that we didn't, we weren't prepared for, but our emergency team came together and we have a great, great administration team here. So it is a, a lesson learned and um, hopefully we don't have to use this going in the future, but we may apply the lessons we learned on a different situation that may arise. And Mayor Matheson, you have about 20 seconds. Well, thick skin is something we all have to have. But more importantly, I learned that leadership is also communicating. And whether or not you can be in the same room with people, you have to at least talk to them and reach out to them. And whether it's community leaders within groups, within the business community, within city staff, or just ordinary citizens, everybody just wants to know their issue's been heard and that you're listening and that you're going to try to act on it. And I think, if anything, uh, most people have uh, developed a sense of resiliency around who they are. Uh, because they've had to adapt on the fly so much. And I just hope when we look back on this in five years from now, we see it as a time that families came together and communities got stronger. We appreciate your time and we wish you continued success in your communities. Thank you so much for your insights this evening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. The Agenda in the Summer with Nam Kiwanuka is brought to you by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Ontario. CPA Ontario is a regulator, an educator, a thought leader, and an advocate. 
We protect the public. We advance our profession. We guide our CPAs. We are CPA Ontario. And by viewers like you. Thank you.